0: A record heat wave and its connections to climate change are highlighting again the growing concerns around America's electrical grid and whether it can withstand the
1: added stress. The 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 added stress.
0: stress. 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 Zach, did you know that we're experiencing Earth's hottest weather
1: in the past 120,000 years? Uh, I did not know it was the past 120,000 years. I did see it was like the four hottest days in a row <laughs> yep. since recording began or something. Yeah. But.
0: Yeah, so this is a very clickbait article obviously. We weren't taking temperature 120,000 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what their the unofficial record for the hottest day was in these past like 3 days that were the hottest days in a row as Zach was saying. Uh, and we're actually expected to only see these temperatures rising even more so with el nino just getting started everyone always talks about el nino that's the natural cycle where the winds are pushing those hotter that hotter air up the coastline so
1: as opposed to el Ni- or excuse me <laughs> la nina <laughs> yep which is the opposite effect. Is that right? I, I'm not a weather pattern guy. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually not positive
0: on that, but I think you're right. <laughs> it only makes sense, right? Um, yeah, we'll have to get a weather guy on this podcast. So this article is coming from The Hill. Uh, like I said, pretty clickbait title, but I think it holds fairly true when you actually look into the data. So what they're claiming uh, since the last ice age, 20,000 years ago, uh, that's when our temperatures were, you know, right around, they're they're saying the average temperature warmth around the last ice age was negative three degrees. So they're losing three degrees Celsius at that time. Uh, Since that time, we've really only seen uh, temperatures go up about three degrees, so the average temperature rise has been about 0 uh, and then with um in the last 8000 years they've seen a pretty much steady staying at that 0 degrees celsius but then as soon as the industrial revolution began we've seen an increase in temperature of 4 degrees celsius and uh just, you know, less than a hundred years and predicted to see even
1: more. Which is what, like, like a specific start date that they consider that like eighteen twenty or something. Yeah, so they call
0: the Industrial Revolution. Um, occurring from a period from about seventeen sixty to eighteen twenty or eighteen forty, actually. Okay. Yeah, so this is quite a while ago um i mean it, all things considered <laughs> right.
1: not that long not ago. that long
0: ago to especially see this much raise in temperature right right um especially considering twenty thousand years ago we were at negative three degrees and now we're gaining degrees
1: each year my guess is that it's probably exponential too, uh as kind of our ability to to uh emit more absolutely greenhouse gases has uh developed so has the temperature but
0: i'll let you continue oh
1: no i mean that's
0: that's what i'd like to get into here really is (laughs) i mean it's just so obvious that this is a man-made warming you know i think that that's one of the things that a lot of people like to say that this is a natural warming which I do somewhat agree with I think part of it is a natural cycle right I think that ice ages happen and warming happens obviously it's going to kind of teeter back and forth between the two but at the rate that we are going at this is not a natural rate this is an accelerated version of this cycle Um, and it's fully because of uh, you know the burning of fossil fuels which I believe it was a Shell exec was saying that even with the climate in the shape that it is, we still obviously need fossil fuels, which, sure, to a point, we need fossil fuels. But also, we should really be focusing on whatever alternatives we can because we see the writing on the
1: wall and we're just ignoring it. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's a it's an important distinction to make is like to function functionally. Yes, we need fossil fuels, right? <laughs> like, cause it's really the only thing that's uh, had significant uh, funding in its development. Right. You know, using fossil fuels for energy, uh, transportation, and things like that. Like, but, but like you're saying, it doesn't really need to be that way. And we really need to focus on other things. It doesn't, You know, it doesn't mean he's wrong by saying at this point in time, we do need fossil fuels. It just should be something that we look to evolve past, I guess. Definitely. Uh, And
0: that's another thing they bring up in this article. They're talking about how humans are going to try and basically do what we've always done, engineer ourselves out of this problem, which I really don't see that as a solution, to global warming. Yeah. Uh, I think this is such a large scale issue. To Especially at the rate that we're able to use fossil fuels. And accelerate this issue. I don't see it. Technology able to actually capture. And sequester. A significant point. Or a part of that carbon. And other
1: greenhouse gases that are released. Right. Yeah. I think. The technology. For my prediction here—I I don't know if you want to call it a prediction—but at this point, the technology really only focuses on making things more efficient. Uh-huh. Um, there hasn't been any really great technology technological advances for like carbon sequestration or uh, or anything or like alternatives to to carbon. Um, carbon-based energy even like we've got nuclear that's been around for a while now Mm -hmm. and it has certain drawbacks uh but certain benefits right um and you know we i think with renewable energy a lot of the debate has become about like the mineral requirements for it definitely and the the impact that it will take to mine for all for you know these resources you need for batteries and things like that to the point where like what are the limitations for technology to solve these problems like carbon-free energy um so i think like like you're saying to a point technology uh we can kind of improve things and improve processes and efficiencies um are you planning on talking about degrowth? I'm not. Okay, if you want to touch on it. Sure, yeah. so degrowth, basically the idea that humans need to uh, use less resources um, or uh, you know, society itself needs to to use less resources, society as a whole. Uh, and then you know obviously, that's going to get a lot of pushback from from the the uh you know the i'll say economic class that depends on infinite growth right right um like yeah we live in a finite world that's no that's not some revolutionary idea right <laughs> everybody knows there's only so much so much you know matter in the in the universe and on earth yep. that we can use uh you can't Commodify everything, you know, it's just logic. Um, degrowth is, is when you think about it, it's like the vast majority of of energy and waste comes from and is allocated to like this very small group, right? Uh, obviously, there's a huge waste problem. You got the, the plastic uh, in the oceans, things like that. It's almost every um, front we are wasting far yeah. too much
0: food is going right into the dumpster where there's starving people. Uh, yeah, it's just every front Clothes. We had the
1: closed mountains that we've talked about as well. So Yeah, yeah. And all this waste is really just coming from processes that are controlled by a small group of people, right? People who make money off of it, essentially. So degrowth is is about making these more sustainable processes. Um, You know, whether it's recycling, which plastic recycling we've talked about before has its issues. Uh, It's just like we cannot continue or we cannot even believe that we continue on this we can continue on this path because it's just going to, you know, it's gotten us to this point. I don't see us getting it to a, any other path here. Definitely.
0: Yeah, I don't see, like you said, I don't see us engineering ourselves out of this problem that we've created for ourselves. And it's, uh, I mean, I, th- I feel like these past few days where we've had these record temperatures... This is just the beginning. This is really just the beginning of summer. It's just I want to bring up this article. I really want people to, you know, take this summer as like a, the warning of what is to come. I mean, they're they're calling it the they're they're clickbaiting and saying this is the hottest weather in 120,000 years. I mean, we're barely into summer. This is only going to yeah. get worse. El Niño is starting up and I just I mean, I don't know if you remember, Zach. Do you remember, I think it was a year or two ago, all those people that had passed away in the UK because of the heat wave? I think it was something like 40,000 people had passed away. Uh, I just think that that's going to be, unfortunately, that's going to be our new normal um, with these hotter summers and we're going to have colder winters is the other side of this coin as well that a lot of people, Mm -hmm. I feel like, forget about. That colder winter, that, that's more extreme weather that we're having. You know, these flash flooding, this, you know, 10 feet of snow have fallen. That That's the true, the true problem with this global warming. It's not just global warming. It's the global, we're going to be swinging back and forth like a pendulum that cannot stop.
1: The way I really liked it described as I'm trying to think of where I read it from. It might have been... The tragedy of American science, um, the book, but is described more as uh, climate chaos than climate change. Like we obviously have this trend of global warming, right? But it's it is really climate chaos when you think about like the extreme heat and then the extreme cold, right? I think it's important to know that like this is just going to throw so many. Uh, <laughs> just throw everything into fucking mayhem here honestly for, for you know vulnerable populations around the world food systems ecosystems i mean this it's it's happening and we've put ourselves here So, speaking of heat waves and the hottest year in the last 120,000 years. Allegedly. um, (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) Estimated. We're not clickbaiters here. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm sure everybody who's listening is aware of the heat waves in the United States this past month, past couple weeks. Um, Especially in Texas, where it's just been like extreme... Definitely. Uh, Yeah, I saw a kayak melt in someone's truck bed. That's crazy. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, I've seen like pictures of uh, people's garbage cans melting (laughs) on the curb. Yeah. Anyways, uh, there's an article here from the Texas Observer that pipeline operators release or flare tons of gas during the June heat wave. This is uh, looking at targa resources which is a west texas natural gas company and they have vented more than half a million pounds of methane into the air over a single week during this extreme heat
0: so they're just really you know cranking up the dial for us we're already having extreme heat and they're just uh (laughs) putting as much methane as they can into the
1: environment Right and it, it reminds me of when we talked about uh was it the Keystone pipeline that sprung a leak uh, yep uh and it was because of structural bad uh, welds damage or, bad, or, bad yeah. welds yeah yep and and i think you mentioned that some spokesperson or, or somebody <laughs> said like these companies want to want to keep all these uh you know, yep. whatever it is, gas or oil in these pipelines so they can use them for energy. Yep, they said said how it's, you know, this is a product for us. <laughs> we don't want to yeah. lose that. Yeah, well, in West Texas, they're purposely doing this because the heat, uh, the extreme heat causes this, these pressure increases inside their pipelines. So they have to do this then to avoid like explosions in their pipeline. Um, so I mean, it, it's very—it's like a—it's like a a feature, not a bug. They're doing it for a reason. I mean, the end result is the same. They're still putting all this shit into the air, right? Uh, but I guess it is better than an explosion. And I think it just highlights like the uh, the vulnerability of oil and gas infrastructure that we really Absolutely. rely on. Yeah, I mean, it just shows how.
0: They're, they're willing to basically poison our environment to protect their infrastructure, to make sure that they're still producing.
1: You know, it's not just methane coming out of these, um, these pipelines. They, they have benzene and xylene. Those are, vo- those are volatile organic compounds They cause cancer, other diseases. Um, I mean, it, it's a pretty well-known phenomenon. We talked about, you know, this teenage, the teenager that that died, yep, who was going to protest, was it Chevron. I can't remember, but he was going to protest a a, a oil and gas company's uh, shareholder meeting, and he died because of a disease that he got from living in that close proximity to their facilities. Yeah, so methane. Obviously, they release methane. That's what natural gas is it is 80 times the warming potential of carbon dioxide and it also causes ground level ozone which can cause more breathing problems for for people who live on the ground yep <laughs> and vulnerable
0: people especially so if you have asthma or a smoker in the family
1: yeah and and these These facilities, these processing and refinery facilities are located near more vulnerable populations too people who who can't afford um, maybe good health care. Right. That have just overall worse health outcomes than areas where these things are not located. There's a lot of really bad things about our oil and gas infrastructure that I don't think get talked about enough.
0: I mean definitely not. I th- I think that for one, they're aging. So much of our infrastructure for oil gas, especially America's aging, I'm sure around the world as well. Two, I think that a lot of getting it to the customer or when we're trying to get get it from wherever we're buying oil and gas from is a huge vulnerability. I mean the B P oil spill just shows that of I mean, what we're willing to do to try and get some oil and gas, and now the Gulf of Mexico still has, like, pools of oil that they have yet to clean up. So, I mean, it's just, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's almost like we're just willing to deal with the consequences I mean, I'm not. I know you're not, Zach. But but mo- <laughs> I, the majority of people are willing to deal with the consequences of like, you know, our environment getting degraded, our environment getting poisoned, us getting cancer so that we can, you know, drive our cars so that way we can heat our homes, which I just don't feel that that should be
1: the, the downside to those things. <laughs> yeah, I will. I think firstly, it doesn't get covered probably as much as it as it should with the urgency that it deserves um i think a lot of people myself at least included are just powerless to to how these industries function Mm -hmm. i mean they get so many government subsidies um and they have these enormous profits bigger than ever right but they still don't invest these simple things that could prevent these big um, flares or releases, like just insulating their pipelines or insulating their their infrastructure from heat or even cold, right? Because the ice storm a couple of years back shut down or, or uh, shut power off for so many people in Texas. Um, there, there's no like weatherization process that you know, these companies use uh, their profits to address. They just kind of let it happen, right? They
0: they don't actually future proof anything.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and um, so this the quote from this article that really stuck out to me was Sharon Wilson, who is an optical gas thermographer, <laughs> whatever that is. <laughs> uh, not quite sure, uh, but she said, and I get sums it up really well: the oil and gas industry cannot survive extreme weather that they create which is like yeah this is like the we just talked about it right yeah hottest year in hundreds of thousands of years it's really created in since the industrial revolution by these this industry uh and they can't even withstand what's going on like it's destroying their infrastructure. Absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah. They're having to flare to make sure
0: that their pipelines don't blow up. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that, though, also, though, it comes to mind for me at least is the oil rigs that are the like deep sea oil rigs. Though, those are probably having a tougher and tougher time being able to withstand the greater changes in winds and probably, mm-hmm. which also increases the waves, I would assume. Mm hmm tides yeah so i just think that yeah yeah yeah, that's just their own doing really i mean hopefully it does destroy them that and we're we'll all be okay but (laughs) i don't see that happening because they're more than willing to just poison us all by releasing these cancer causing chemicals let's just call it what
1: it is into our environment yeah uh 10 gigawatts of power generation were unavailable during this heat wave because of uh, their need to flare off methane, uh, which is just crazy to think about. Right. That wow. That's a lot of energy that, that gigawatts had to be foregone. gigawatts. I feel like no one ever talks about gigawatts. I mean, it's a, <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is a, um, that's a big unit. Yeah. Like what does the average, like, I don't know, town use. I wonder, it's got to be way less than a
1: gigawatt. Uh, well, I'm familiar with kilowatts. Right. And uh that's still a lot of energy being used. A kilowatt is is a is a good amount of energy. Let's see. I did a quick Google search. It looks like
0: an average monthly usage. I don't know if this is per person or by who. I'm guessing maybe by person household yeah oh, yeah household is 700 kilowatts does that sound right
1: probably yeah. yeah
0: so 700 kilowatts is the average monthly a million kilowatts in a gigawatt
1: okay so this is 10 million kilowatts yep which is that's a lot i of can't math. even do that math that's a <laughs> lot of households that's a lot of households that, households. that could power yeah Uh. (laughs) So the Texas Commission for Environmental Quality allows these companies to emit unavoidable, in quotations, uh, excess pollutants under unforeseeable circumstances. Like this, right? They don't want to, to blow up their pipeline with this pressure buildup, so they're allowed to flare off this gas. Naturally, you can you know explain that away a little bit to a, a government agency. However, you know they don't do these weatherization uh, projects, and the the TCEQ had only penalized about three percent of unauthorized emission events. That means events that that were not authorized to you know flare off methane. They only penalized three percent of those. And less than 1% um, re- were required by the company to conduct a root cause and corrective action investigation. So, it's really no effort to to stop these events or, for that matter, to stop events that might not even be under this umbrella of extreme weather, which is pretty shocking to me.
0: Yeah, and like you said, it's like nothing. They're they're basically doing nothing, yeah. which I feel. <laughs> I feel like I'm be- beating a dead horse. We often talk about how nothing is happening, nothing is truly happening to protect our environment, and it <laughs> it just feels like most people think that's okay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely the people who run things seem to think it's okay definitely uh and it's it is demoralizing it definitely does there's a word for it um i don't know man we we do talk about this stuff all the time and it's always kind of the same (laughs) it's a recurring Uh, theme that's for sure yeah i mean it's it's great that i love seeing that these stories are written though this is my takeaway i guess
0: I mean, I feel like that—that that is the most, I guess, moralizing. Is that a word? <laughs>
1: moralizing? Uh, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't fucking know, bro. It's been too long 20,
0: since we did this. It, is, it has been far too long, so we're definitely gonna have some cuts, and you know, I, we're probably no, rambling I think we'll a bit. Just throw it out. We'll just throw it out there. <laughs> but I think that, like, what you're trying to say is, it is. It does, you know, at least give you some some hope. Truthfully, to see that these articles are being written, it really holds them accountable, at least to the people that are paying attention. It might not be everybody, uh, and as many people as that we would like to be paying attention to these articles or paying attention on their own accord. But having these articles at least being posted, keeping this historical data, will at least, I really think, help us in the long run. And we can I mean, we're going to look back and be like, you know, back how we look back and think about I know this is a stupid example, but like the Civil War, they're just cutting people's arms off because they got shot. I feel like that's what we're doing now is driving these cars to get to work with one person in it burning as much gasoline as you could probably use to you know, heat your house for a week. <laughs> I
1: yeah, I mean I hope we get to that point where there's alternatives right. that that are much more efficient and and can allow us to grow as a as a species, I guess. As a society uh, for sure. I do think like concern is definitely growing especially younger people and and as Younger generations get older. I just hope like the the concern stays there. I hope the the, the pressure remains, and I hope it keeps growing.
0: Is this has been poison for profit? I'm Nick. Forgot the name, didn't you? I, no, I was positive for dramatic effect. Okay. Well, I'm Zach. And thank you all for listening tonight. As always, check us out on our social medias. Uh, we have Instagram, Twitter. No Facebook. Fuck Zuckerberg. <laughs> uh, and our Gmail as well. Uh, send us in any articles you'd like us to go over. Shout out to GMO free for the articles. You guys are always shooting them our way. Much appreciated. Anything else from you, Zach?
1: Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.